Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. All right, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm here with a very special guest. I literally say that every episode. I think that's the only way I know how to introduce my podcast. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Good, sir. Hello, my name is Jared Muse from Oklahoma City and with Dakota CrossFits. Yeah, awesome. Jared, well, hey, thank you so much for being on the show this morning. And I really wanted to uh, start off by hearing your story. I love the stories, whether exciting or not. You told me that yours is like, ah. um, but I would love to hear your story about how you came to CrossFit and how you came to Open Coda. Um, CrossFit, um, I used to be a golfer. So I was just kind of working out in the gym and I needed something to kind of get back into the mode of being a professional golfer and have something kind of challenging and going against somebody besides myself. And it just in the gym, it was kind of just boring, like everybody always says. So somebody steered me to CrossFit OKC. I think it was the second or third CrossFit in Oklahoma. And that was where I started at and just started going every day like everybody does and then it kind of grew from that wow what was it about crossfit that drew you in you know it wasn't as boring as just going to the gym and training on your own and another question follow-up question is how did that help you with golf uh, i was kind of done with my golf career so oh you were done at that point yeah so i needed something to motivate me and i like going against other people and the crossfit was perfect for that and especially when I first started, it was uh, very challenging as it is for everybody. And it is still very challenging as it is for most people, except for Matt Frazier, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like it's not very hard for him. And you're like, does he work hard at all? <laughs> no. Yeah. So, okay. So that's a good point. So, so you found CrossFit, you were training, but what led you to wanting to open a CrossFit box? Because that's a, that's a jump, I feel like. It was... To be honest, it was at regionals in, I think, 2010 or 9. We were, there was one of the guys that was trying to qualify for the games in the Masters Division. And I remember he would just finish the workout. He was laying on the ground. I ran up and hugged him. And I just remembered that this, is, this might be something I want to do as a career. Mm. I don't know. It was just a weird, that weird little moment right there when everybody was all excited. He was just an old guy trying to do it up there at the regional. Because at that point regionals and the masters kind of all worked out together and the top so many scores got to go to the games i can't remember if it was 09 or 010 we were down in dallas and that we i was on the regional team for crossfit okc and all you had to do was show up as a team so you just showed up at regionals and then you were you were on a team if you made your team for your your affiliate then any affiliate who showed up got to compete at regionals so that's kind of how wow. my CrossFit competitive career started. Mm. Isn't that interesting to see how it's changed? And then it got super hard to get to regionals. And now it's like there is no regionals. Yes. <laughs> yes. That year we had sectionals in okay. Tulsa and then regionals in Dallas. Okay. Okay. Uh, man, it's just it's been fascinating watching the sport evolve because it's so new that yes. you don't really see that, you know, like football is very established, soccer is very established. You have these sports that are just like 
they don't change and CrossFit has just been changing in terms of the sport and it's just it is fascinating to watch I think so 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 you saw this master athlete you're like this could be cool to do someday so then how did you go from that thought to where you are today uh yeah you know owning six locations of CrossFit gyms throughout wherever they're kind of all over but how, how did you transition from that thought to where you are today um i started coaching got my level one and started coaching a little bit and then the, the other owner bryce collier um we were kind of became buddies at the gym we were both coaching he was in the air force so it's kind of a he had to do either a six-month tour and then they would kind of put him wherever he wanted to. Or if he did a full year in Afghanistan, he would be able to come back to Oklahoma City. So he did a full year. And while he was gone, he sent me some money. And then I opened up the gym for about five or six, four or five months until he got back. So I started opening the gym while he was in wow. Afghanistan. He was, We were talking on the phone while he was over there. And he would uh, write the programming and send it, Gmail it to me. And then we just started opening the gym in 2011. Whoa. Oh was my the goodness. first location. 2,000 square foot facility is what we started at for $900 a month was our rent. Wow. wow. I'm sure everybody in New York hates you right now, but it's fine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow, Jared. So what, what made you and Bryce decide to, to pursue this? And what made you realize that you guys could work together as business partners? I think they always say have somebody not like you as your partner. If you're like very best of friends and you agree on everything, you're not going to be the best business partners. And that's what a lot of people I think go into. And then Bryce and I are very different with the way we think about things. So we don't just agree on everything. So we're able to go back and forth. We both have different ideas. I don't agree with him. I'll say him. He doesn't agree with me. Then I'll say it. And we're able to work our way through with two completely different mindsets, which I think is what some people have told us. That's what's been very beneficial for us. Yeah. Because then you're kind of getting the full spectrum versus just two people on the same side going the same direction. You're never even looking where else you could go. Yeah. And then also, then also my wife, uh, she's very intricate and key and she gives us another, another one. Another point of view. That's so we're really all, nice. So we have three different heads kind of going at this together. Yeah. Because did you say she, now is she the one that does the, the tracking like for the different like member anniversaries and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. She okay. does that for the, for our, our gym, for our original location and just kind of all the behind the scenes stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's super nice to have. So you just have this team mm-hmm. of people that are all kind of different, but they all work together. So yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So. So you guys opened your first location. Um, what made you want to open more locations? To be honest, I felt like that Bryce and I would be able to do a good job. And my goal was to have five locations in five years. Whoa. So That's like a big goal. Of, yeah, we kind of, we didn't quite make it. I think we had four. We had three in five years and then six and seven years or something like that. But uh, that was kind of, we had kind of, we felt like it was going to, we'd be able to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know why we thought that. Yeah. I'm like, now I'm like, good. why? Because you know, some people are like, no, there's no way I could open a second location. And you guys have now six. 
So, like, what do you think it is about what you do? Like, are there systems in place or, you know, team that you have? Like, what do you think it is that has made that successful and possible for you all? Well, when we left our gym, the original we were coaching at, the owner of that gym was going to go in with us and we were going to be his, we were going to build his brand. And then he decided he didn't want to, he didn't want to be a part of it. And he, he ended up moving to another part of the country. So it, it worked out that he couldn't really help that much. But then, so when we opened up our second one, we had a really good person named Kevin, who's got a really good coach. And he decided he wanted to quit what he was doing and open up a gym. So instead of letting him just go out on his own, we went, we went with him. Oh, okay. So is that how every location has been? Uh, no, they've all kind of been a little different, but that's how we started off going that direction. So we said, well, let's just, we'll just go in together and then we'll start this gym in Norman. And, that, and that's Coda CrossFit Norman. And it, and it actually has more members than what the original location does now. And we actually bought the building that we are in at that location. Wow. So that, so that's, so that's nice. So that put us in a different, that helped us out in different ways instead of just renting. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I hear that more and more uh, in the industry that buying the building is becoming a more typical thing and um, that it's just kind of better for the business overall. So that's kind of the trend I've been hearing. So interesting. Okay, so does Kevin still run that second location? He actually has moved and he's helped us. He's opened up the one also in uh, the Denver area. Oh, okay. So where, can you, can you tell me where, where are your locations right now? Okay. So we did Coda CrossFit and OKC. Then we went to Coda CrossFit Norman. That's about 40 minutes south of uh, Oklahoma City. Then we went, uh, this other gym was trying to sell. It's out on the west side of town, about 15 minutes from our original location. So we bought that one from him. He wanted to get out of the business. And then Code Across at Deer Creek is northwest of us, and uh, they had some adjusting uh, ownership adjustments. So then we came in there and we got a part of that one, went in, went in with him on that, on that one. And then another person in Tulsa, his name's Tommy, and he has um, he wanted to open up a Coda gym. So we went in with him in Tulsa, and then Kevin went to he moved to Lafayette because he wanted to start his family in Colorado. Oh, okay. So he wanted to move up there. He's always wanted to move up there. So he went up there and he said he's going to open up a gym. So we decided just to go all together onto that one. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Who doesn't want to move to Colorado? That's like the place to go right now. So interesting. So with all these different locations and, and, you know, different ownership and and different kind of backstories, how have you gone about making each location a, a code of CrossFit? Like, is each location very unique is is or are there things that you know you you try to imprint and so it's kind of the same experience if you know one member would go to one gym and then drop in at another um let's go can we go back to kind of what made the original yeah let's go back there yes okay so bryce does the programming and then I honestly, I tried to make the original location very female friendly. So we do a lot of colorful, I do a lot of clothes. So I see that as free advertising when people are wearing our clothes. So they're buying it from us and then they wear them around town. So I always try to make my 
CrossFit clothing, very not CrossFit-y, if that makes sense. It's a lot of pink, a lot of purples. People will wear them to the bars at night. It doesn't have any uh, kettlebells on them or nothing. They're not CrossFit-y. So I wanted people to be able to wear them outside of the gym because that's where, you know, that's where you you will see them at. And then, so I made them a lot of fun colors. I made the gym very colorful. To be honest, I was thinking, you know, like when you go to a bar and they have a ladies' night and the ladies get in free and then the guys come. So I was thinking if I can have a gym that a bunch of females would come to, then the guys would come to. So I tried to always make it, like when we first started, it was always like maybe 55% women and 45% men. It's kind of what the demographic of the gym was so it just kind of i kept trying to be very not scary because crossfit's very scary for people to get into so i kept i tried to keep that from happening mm. and that's one that was one reason we started getting a bunch of members and the other reason that i think to be honest is the competitiveness of bryce and i we did a lot of local competitions and we would do a bunch and we would always have a bunch of people there and we'd always have be we'd always be big groups of people and everybody would see us competing and being good at CrossFit with a bunch of friends around us hooting and hollering, all wearing matching shirts and stuff like that. And I think it made everybody say, Maybe I want to go be part of this gym. A lot of people say that the competitiveness doesn't really do anything, but if you see people that are really good at CrossFit and you want to be good at CrossFit, which is why you're doing CrossFit, why not go to a gym that has a bunch of people that are good at CrossFit? <laughs> logically it makes sense yeah yeah so that's kind of what we've we've always been very competitive we've been to regionals every year we had our first masters go to the games this last year I, mean, I don't think going to regionals has really built the business but just being good at crossfit locally i think built the business just people seeing us yeah and probably being present in the local community going yeah. to you know going to the competitions like yeah then you're gonna just see the the code name all the time if yeah. you have people there and you know competing in that space and like you said getting the getting them out there cheering on like yeah, people, yeah. There's, if there's a group hooting and hollering and having a great time i'm gonna go find out where they're from and what they're yeah. doing like i'm like why are you guys having so much fun and i'm not <laughs> <laughs> we went to this competition last month in springfield and they the the people the announcers just instead of calling it by their different names of our team he just said coda and lane one coda and lane three coda and lane five and it was just like then you know everybody's just hearing the name coda the whole time at the competitions in the final heat so that was that was that was kind of neat too yeah that's oh man that's really cool huh well, and I know you had said, because um, I know last time we chatted, we chatted about kind of the, the co-diversaries and, yes. um, you know, honoring the members who've been around for so long and done so many things. And um, and just the fact that you, you know, give them, I think it was you said Letterman jackets and like duffel yeah, bags. One year, yeah, one year they get a Coda bag with their name on it. The second year, they get some glasses, some nice glasses with the logo. And the third year, they get a Letterman jacket. So when you walk in here on a uh, afternoon, the classes, there's just like a 100 Coda bags with people's names on them just on the ground. It's kind of like, a, you know, they made it a year. They like to make that one-year anniversary so they can get a bag with their name on it. Yeah, I think that's so cool. And and honestly, I'll be honest with you, it actually inspired me to go to my affiliate and talk to him about it. And I was like, hey. I heard this great story and this guy does something really awesome. And so we're going to start implementing stuff like that. So it's a great idea. Like if to... you think about how much it costs to be a, a member of a CrossFit 
and then a bag is just like, I think I'm totally into the bag, you know, like 30 or 40 or $50, something like that, compared to how much they've spent for the year. It seems like a pretty easy thing to give away. Yeah, and it's and, <laughs> and like you said, they're going to carry them to competitions, and they're going to yeah. carry them around town. They're going to wear their Letterman jacket. Like, seems like a good marketing idea as yeah. well. So, man, that's cool. So, with – so, okay, so you successful at – competitions and competing and just local presence and then kind of hitting that female de- demographic was your idea behind like drawing in the ladies uh correct in the sense of like yeah kind of men men kind of followed as well yeah and then the guys you know sometimes you walk into certain classes in all gyms and the guys are very guy guys they're just being guys in the middle of a gym trying to lift all the heavy weight and that's what is kind of, you know, that's kind of we're trying to steer away from that as much. It happens. It's going to happen. And people are excited to watch somebody lift heavy weight. But we had a female that was very strong. She deadlifted. We had one girl deadlifted 405 pounds in one of our just our normal classes, 630 class. So I went live into our Facebook group. And then, you know, everybody's going to watch her. And everybody's very excited to watch her deadlift over 400 pounds, as you can imagine. Yeah, that's <laughs> incredible. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, okay. So it's just kind of showcasing them as well. Cause I, I know like gyms can get stuck in that rut of, uh, kind of missing the mark when it goes to the female demographic and just kind of getting in the men. And it just, I've been in classes in gyms like that where she's like, this, this is not really enjoyable anymore. <laughs> so. And we have a, uh, we have a professional photographer on our staff who coaches classes and take pictures. And he kind of took over our social media at the very beginning. Oh. So we were one of the few gyms that had actual professional pictures on our social media at the very beginning. And mm. I think that also people seeing that on our Instagram and our Facebook page is yeah. very helpful. Yeah. One thing we also do. Yeah. One thing we also do is we give the workouts out for the whole week. We write them oh, on the board at okay. the beginning of the week. And I think that helped us at the beginning, too, because I know I hated when I first started not knowing the workouts until 8 o'clock the night before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The zombies at our gym were like, this is not cool. <laughs> I need to pack yeah. my gym bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's interesting. So um, have you found people cherry pick at all, or do you think that they're pretty good about not? I think they cherry pick more the stuff they need to work on because mm-hmm. they know if they know they're good at burpees or good at pull-ups they don't really have to make it a point to come to that class on a tuesday morning mm-hmm. but if they know they need to work on snatch or some kind of deadlift or something then they know i'm that we're gonna do that on wednesday morning i can go ahead and plan my plan my week around i'm gonna go ahead and i want to get in there and work on that it's yeah. been more of that than people cherry cherry picking and we never do a surprise 5k run or any of the crazy stuff our Bryce's program has a real science behind it. So every day has every, every week and every week has a flow and a function for it. So people kind of know there's a method behind the madness. We're just not trying to beat you up every day. I think that's what it was a lot for the beginning when CrossFit's first started to, you have to do every workout RX. There's no option. Do this workout, kill yourself seven days a week. (laughs) Yeah. And they were like, "Mm, we should probably change that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So does his programming now, do you use that for all of the gyms? Yep. So that's one thing that you can go with to, once you become a member of our gym, you get to go to any of them. So especially in our 
location here that comes into play a lot. So people might, they might work by one and live by another one and they can hit it on the weekends or something. And then every gym does the same programming with the same competitor programming. And then we have another programming called jacked and every gym does the same, the same stuff. What's jacked. It's just, uh, more of a bodybuilding class. It's just like an oh. hour, an hour and a half of just straight bodybuilding that people who don't want to just do CrossFit. Mm, has that been pretty that. popular? Yeah, we kind of just do different cycles on and off of that, and it's kind of done, it's done pretty well over the last few years. So have you also then in the other locations kind of taken that same idea of like making it more female-friendly and um, being present in the local competitive community? Have you also taken those to the other locations? That really the female thing just kind of it's kind of worked itself out, but we do a lot of clothing, and each gym has their own brand and their own color. Oh, really? Oh, that's kind of yeah, cool. So our color's purple, and then one color is blue, other color's red, one color's this, one color's that, and we all then you play off of that, and we buy sweatshirts, and we buy shirts, and we buy socks, and we buy hoodies, and it's just everything with your color kind of just kind of going from there. So every brand has every gym has their own brand oh. inside of the brand oh my gosh you guys must make a lot of apparel we we make a lot of apparel <laughs> um do you do you use any specific like uh like sh like online shop or anything to do it all no we uh we have a local guy that makes it for us and i just we do a little bit of online orders if we don't want to make a bunch of stuff of certain stuff we can just, they can pick out the color, specific color of a sweatshirt. Like we're about to put a, a deal out pretty soon and people can order like five different colors of sweatshirts. Uh, okay. Instead of me, instead of me having to carry five, I'll just carry a couple. And if somebody wants a different color, then they can, they can, they can order that. They can order that. Okay. That makes yeah. Sense. Some people that they kind of get me and I honestly will do five runs of t-shirts every year, five different, completely different wow. styles every year. And then I think that's helped a lot too. I and mean, people get mad at me because they just bought some stuff. And then in the next month I have some more stuff come out and I don't want to buy any more stuff. So they have to kind of budget around what, what line they want to buy. Yeah. Or they'll just be like, okay, I guess I'll buy it and I'll just have to work a little extra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So in terms of apparel, like what have you found to sell really well? Is it, just kind of the unique stuff that you put out or just the rich, I, I don't know because affiliates don't like apparel. Most of them I talk to, they just hate doing it. And so they just don't do it very much. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, what have you found to be really successful with it? I think also it's very time consuming. So like we'll have three or four of us at the different gyms work on it together. Now, since before it was just, I would just figure it out and work on an order what I wanted, how much I could afford to order. But now we kind of work on it together and we can get a good price because we're buying, you know, 400 pieces at one time with the same logo. So we're able to get a lot better price that way, too. And so that's okay. kind of helped having some more hands just to kind of pick out colors. Because, you know, I don't know what tank tops females want to wear. I don't even know so what tank tops just, females want to wear. <laughs> so it's just kind of, so that kind of helps now since there's so many, before there was just a racerback tank and I'd get a racerback tank and a t-shirt, but now there's so many different styles of tanks for women. So hmm. we kind of, that's part of it too. We, if I walked out right there right now, I might have four different girl options of tank tops yeah. or something. 
Yeah. So do you do any pre-orders or is it mostly you just order and just bring to the shop and they, they buy? Yeah. yeah, I like to do that because we have a lot of level ones and level twos. So I want to have plenty of, of stuff so people can buy and with people, a lot of drop-ins. So I want them to buy a shirt. I mean, they can buy a shirt. They can either buy a shirt and like I'll just say, you can buy a shirt if you want to. There's no drop-in fee. You can buy a shirt if you want to and then people usually just buy a shirt. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, sometimes it's hard because I know when I drop in, I have to pay the fee. And then I'm like, I can't also buy a shirt. (laughs) I can't spend $50 at this gym today. (laughs) I I just can't. Because, you know, usually gyms have really high quality apparel. So you have to pay for it. But I'm like, I just can't do that today. So, okay, interesting. That's very fascinating. So I'm kind of curious, too, like, um, I know you guys just have an awesome brand. Like, have you... You say you change colors and apparel, so you, do you change your brand color for the different gyms as well? Um, we just do different colors and different. I have like two main logos. Okay. I start off with two main logos, and then I'll kind of play off and do some different logos as we go. So I, I mean, I just have so many different logos and styles that I'll pull from, and I'll just change colors, change mm-hmm. the color of the logo itself, change color of shirts, and then just a lot of different options that I just kind of keep funneling through. Okay. Do you have like a graphic designer who designs apparel and stuff? Kind of. We have a people who've kind of gone through on and off of, and we've just kind of a lady now once it works at uh, the gyms, I'll have an idea. I'm not very good at drawing or computer stuff, but I have an idea in my head and then I'll figure out how to get that idea to her and then she'll turn it into something. It's magical how they do that, isn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. So I could never, all these ideas I've had, I've never actually been able to put them onto a computer and put them onto a file. So I just kind of come up with an idea or colors and then we'll work through it together usually. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Interesting. So kind of going back to just all the different locations. Um, now, do you and Bryce, like, are you in the? Are you are managing them weekly or, or on calls with you know the different managers and owners of these gyms weekly or like how much touch do you have in each of these locations uh, on a continual basis? The main thing is the coaching. The when Bryce sends out the emails each week with the programming, each day he'll put on that particular programming that particular day what the program is supposed to be for, like today's workout it would call it a crossfit workout so it's very crossfitty like it's burpees and power cleans where tomorrow is going to be a bunch of just like structure and like some bodybuilding not really killing you aerobically you're just kind of moving for an hour and then the next day will be something crazy again so really the only kind of touch base we have every week is with the program that way we know the program and the coaches are all on the same page and then we'll kind of we have a group a group message with each kind of each group and we kind of talk about stuff and we have questions but each kind of each manager is kind of running it running it now. Hmm. Okay. And I'll and I'll just kind of I go between two of our gyms that are close. Bryce will go to he'll kind of go to all four of them in the city. We don't make it to Tulsa very often. And then Kevin's running the one up in up in Colorado, Kevin yeah, and Case. Yeah, you're like, we wish we could visit you, but there's no way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, I was just kind of curious how you manage all of that and, and, you know, I don't know, just make sure that things are 
are where you want them to be in order to represent represent your brand uh, in the way you yeah. want it represented. I've seen some of the bigger gyms, you know, like you'll see Brick CrossFit in Chicago or Brick CrossFit in New York or some of those gyms that are kind of all over in the big cities. I think us staying in a smaller, less expensive city has helped us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine trying to go to L.A. and open up in the gym right now or New York and open up a gym. I don't know how they actually make any money. I have no idea. It's it's incredible. Like I said, when you said your rent, and I'm sure everyone in New York who's listening to this is like, I really don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that you can't even find space. So, yeah. um, but Jerry, I guess one of one of my like last questions for you is, uh, do you have any other advice or tips when it comes to multiple locations? Because I know I, I've had conversations with other owners who are looking at opening up a location or a second location or even a third and, and they just maybe don't quite know how to get started or where to start or how to go about doing that. So I was just kind of curious if you had any advice from uh, just the experience that you've had over, you know, the past several years. We, I've seen some gyms that open up and they have just the best equipment right off the bat and they have so much equipment right off the bat and they're buying stuff that they don't, they don't need per se. And I mean, we, we have 250 members and we had five assault bikes and we used them every week. You know, we, you can make the program and you can make stuff around not having a ton of equipment. I mean, we've slowly start, we slowly, we start off with a small amount of equipment and spend a little money as we can. And then when it starts to grow, then we start adding equipment instead of just going to rogue and getting a loan and buying so much equipment because it's fun those initial orders are really fun yeah well (laughs) except when you see the price tag you have to check out yeah i think people are very i think they spend too much money at the very beginning i think that's one thing that gets them into a hole at the very beginning to spend too much money and we couldn't have done if bryce and i didn't take on these other the other manager and owners we also couldn't have done it because they kind of you know, and we, since there's two of us, if I was trying to open up a gym by myself and do the programming and order shirts and try to open up another gym, there's just no way to do that. And try to do CrossFit and try to be reasonably decent at CrossFit. Because that's why we kind of we got into it in the first place, because we like doing CrossFit. <laughs> so I don't I think you have to have some help. And a lot of people get in here and I've seen people closing down and they're trying to do everything on their own and they don't want to de- delegate anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I think that's where some of the gyms get into trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so maybe when it comes to opening locations, <clears throat> don't you don't have to have the best equipment right off the bat. Maybe save yeah. up. Don't don't overspend. And then uh, delegation and finding just that team and those people that can help you run your own location and that second one if you go there. Yes. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. And yeah. we've seen some. We've tried not to grow too big too fast. We've seen also seen that kind of happen, and, and right now we've got we have a lot of irons in the fire right now that we're trying to. If we was, you know, if if something happened and we lost one of our managers, right now we'd be very it'd be very hard for us to keep a good product going at all the gyms mm, for sure. Yeah. So is that just kind of making sure you always have somebody in the? Yeah, we're ranks trying to always up. have. Yeah, always having an idea of somebody coming up for sure which is kind of difficult. 
<laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's they're people, and you just don't know what people are going to do because sometimes they're spontaneous. And you're like, well, yeah. I thought you were going to be here for five years, and now you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense, and I, I do think that's a struggle in this. I mean, especially in this um, industry, and I, I think a big reason is like, it's just hard to make a living in the industry. Like. It really is, um, especially, you know, if you're managing a gym, you know, are you being paid what you need to in order to survive? So that's why I see yeah. a lot of coaches leaving or, you know, opening up their own gym because they're like, well, I want to do this for a living. But then what they don't know is like op- opening a gym is way harder, <laughs> more yeah. costly. I mean, yeah, like we pay for our full time employees. We have insurance and we have 401k mm. and trying to do it correctly up and up yeah when did you we have we we have one accountant that handles all of the location so that helps as well that's really nice so you you can see all the numbers yeah he kind of can keep everybody going correctly in the right direction (laughs) we can kind of all see we have our quarterly meetings and he can tell us we can the meetings take forever because we're going over each each location but then that's that's i think that's one of the most been one of the most beneficial things just hmm. having our getting an accountant that he does CrossFit. He's been with us since the beginning, and he just takes, he you know he you know if something comes up, he just texts me and go, what? Why did you spend five hundred dollars on this? You know stuff stuff like that. He's always on top of it. You're like, I don't know why I spent five hundred dollars. I just wanted it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. How how many um, full time employees are there? I don't even know to be honest. Between the locations, yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, that I, that was a that was a question out of the no out of nowhere. I didn't even give you a chance to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just one other question: When did you all start? You know, uh, offering like health insurance and four hundred one k and stuff. Has that been something you've always offered your full time employees, or is that a newer addition? No, the four hundred one k has been in the last few years. But the I think we actually started when that one guy got hurt at that CrossFit ogre. Mm. Ogre. Ogre. Yeah. 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 I think I'd actually think we started doing it before that. Okay. So that one, then once that happened, then it really, it really hit home that we needed to do that. Yeah. To our, to our employees. For sure. Yeah. No, that's good to hear. That's another thing in the industry that hopefully will change. Um, but it's also just hard because I know it costs a lot of money. So, um, and yeah. we don't make it, you know, we don't, even though we have these gyms, we don't make a ton of money. You know, I don't, it's just kind of, but we're able to go work out in the gym and help people and hang out at the gym all day long. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're getting to improve so many people's lives and give them a, a better chance at life and, and quality. And I think it's neat. Your reach is expanding. I mean, that's often why people start. So, um, yeah, so that's awesome. Well, cool, Jared. Man, you got a lot of insight, dude. I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing today. Uh, anything else? Anything else you wanted to like spout off that was maybe bumping around your head as we were talking? You're like, oh, dang it. Why didn't Heather ask me about this? Well, there's one thing that whenever just kind of very basic about the CrossFit classes is that whenever somebody comes into the gym, you never know what's kind of going on in their life. And if once I see them walk out the door and they have a smile on their face, or they're 
after class they're in the corner goofing off and laughing with a friend then i'd feel like the class was successful they might not have pr pr something but they're walking out the gym with a smile on their face that's when i feel like i had a good class when everybody just had fun so it's our my particular classes are very not very hardcore i guess you could say and then it's just we're just kind of having fun for an hour. And for some people, that's what they need. They, they, they just want to have fun for an hour and get away from their life. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't have to be super hardcore. And all of our coaches are different. So I think people like that, too, that we have very different coaches. I mean, we have classes from in the afternoon. We have classes at 4, 4.35, 5.36, and 6.30. So we run classes every 30 minutes on our in our gym. We have a pretty big gym now. And then people don't want to one coach and they want another coach. They just have to wait 30 minutes for the coach that they, that they want. And they can take the, you know, it's just, so I think that's kind of helped at our locations. We have, a, we offer a lot of classes with a lot of different coaches. Holy crap. Yeah. Cause so do you have like basically two gyms with two sides or like two sides? Okay. Yeah. We have wow. two gyms with two sides and we have a middle section where people can kind of work on their own stuff. Okay, so yes, yeah, so you have plenty of space for that. Yeah, that is kind of neat to be able to offer them so many options. And and I know sometimes that 30-minute difference is really good because some people are like, oh, like I can't make it to 5.30, but I really don't want to wait till the 6.30, and then they're yeah. rushing, or then they just don't come versus like, I can't make it to the 5.30, but I can make it to the 6. So. And we also, this is also kind of something we do, is we don't have a lot of part-time coaches. Okay. So I know a, a lot of gyms will do, they'll, they have their coaches, they will, their coaches will do two classes a week or let's say, and then they get a free membership. Mm -hmm. So a lot of their coaches aren't really coaches. They're just trying to get to do CrossFit for free. Yeah. So once you coach a class, once you start being a coach, you don't have to coach so many classes to get a membership for free. Once you start coaching, you get paid for your classes and you're no longer have to pay for a mem membership. So all of our coaches are, coaches they're not they're not there just to work out for free they're coaching and they're getting paid to coach yeah so i think that's helped that's the way people just kind of come in they let's say somebody's like that they get they're just doing it to get a free membership they'll show up to coach their 5 30 class at 5 25 and then they'll leave five minutes after they get done with class and all of our coaches are pretty much here all day long hmm. yeah i mean especially when you're paying them it's like there's more worth and value to them for the class that they're giving. Like, I can totally see that. Yeah, they're no longer mm -hmm. just, like you said, trying to get CrossFit for free. They're actually an employee. They're a coach. They're, yeah, exactly. they're invested. So, yeah, no, that's interesting. Have you always done, like, the half-hour classes, or was that something that you implemented after this space? Um, at the original location and the location in Norman, we started doing that pretty quick. Okay. We kind of we the, our original location. We kind of grew into the, into the whole building pretty fast, so then we were able to do that. And then we had this building built, and we kind of had it built to have it. We could run two classes at once. Okay. And then and then we have eight rowers on one side, eight rows on the other side. The rigs are the same. The weights on each side, so we can just run the classes on each side. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Wow, that's really cool. Interesting. No, I think that's a great point. Thanks for bringing that up. I think I think that's good for other people to hear. And as this industry changes, changes, we have to adapt and evolve. And and I think professionalize more and more. So I, yeah. I think we're seeing that throughout the 
the CrossFit gyms. So and it's hard. It's hard. I mean, we still one of our gyms has air conditioning, and it's it's pretty it's pretty pop popular in the summertime. I'm sure. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I think the way of working out in the garage and being hardcore is kind of going. It's not quite as popular anymore. I think with all the gyms kind of doing CrossFit now, like Gold's Fit and all those other things, I think there's a lot of different options out there. Some people just don't want to go hang out in the cold or the hot all year long. So we kind of have to make it a little bit more manageable. Yeah, it's it's more <laughs> – it's not for the early adapters anymore. It's more for the, yeah. the general population and the people that are like, we're – we're interested in this now, but you kind of need uh-huh. to cater to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, for sure. But well, awesome. Well, Jared, Hey, thank you so much. It was great to pick your brain this morning and just hear what you had to say about Coda. It's neat what you guys are all, what you guys are doing, uh, the six locations, how cool. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much for being on the show today. All right. Thank you so much. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. As always, thanks for dropping in.